Hello. Hello. (laughs) I'm Lindsay. I'm Brianna. And this is is Gone Gone with with the the Windies. For the first time ever, we are not recording in the same place. What? Yes, that is correct. I am 260 miles away in ye old Blacksburg, Virginia. Ye old Blacksburg. Yes, and Brianna is still at home. (laughs) She didn't go anywhere. I just left. (laughs) Nope, didn't go a single where. (laughs) Yeah, so here we are. We are recording on this lovely Sunday evening, and I think we're going to have quite a bit to say since we haven't talked for a few days. Yeah. Since I left about a week and a half ago. Mm Mm-hmm. So. It's weird. What's new? Oh, my gosh. Guys, it's so weird not having Lindsay live here anymore. Actually, it feels like. It feels like a thread has been pulled from my sweater and it's just unraveling. Does that make sense? Your life is unraveling without me? Yes. <laughs> Aw. No. In what no, way? No, not really. I mean, it's just different. Um, I was just realizing yeah. that, like, you're, you, what's the word? You just, like you want to be around people a lot and that makes me want to be around you but normally I'm more of like an autonomous person who just does my own thing and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of returning to that so it's a little weird it's like I wake up we don't have yoga so I'm like what the heck am I gonna do this morning and I kind of switch it up every day I'm like all right maybe this morning I'll go on a walk before work or I will read my bible a little bit before work or I'll just make my coffee like every day it's different so it's a little weird it's weird not having that same routine but yeah Yeah. I miss you dude I miss you too sorry that leads me on a tangent I'm gonna start I'm gonna have a a little short tidbit of information that I'm gonna share but we'll hop into that at another episode or maybe we could just talk about that today um I feel like the finding the balance between a routine and spontaneity is really hard for me like when Mm -hmm. you were saying like it's nice to wake up and be like oh I don't know what I'm doing and decide what to do like I feel like I thought I would thrive in a routine and we got into a routine in quarantine and I was thriving for a bit but then afterward like at a certain point it just kind of got where I was like this is boring And I would get to my, like, gratitude journal I would do every day at the end of the day, the three things that I really enjoyed about the day. It was never the things that I did every day. It was always the new things. It wasn't really yoga, which is something I enjoy doing, but it was just those got to be the things that I was like, all right, what did I enjoy most? It's always the things that were new. And so that's something that I noticed and it kind of stuck out to me because – the past, pretty much in college, since the beginning of college, I've had a very flexible routine because my classes every single day are at different times. I have different activities going on, volleyballs at different times, when my friends are free at different times. So I was just very like, do whatever I wanted to do kind of in the moment, as opposed to having a very rigid schedule. And I always wanted to have a routine because I thought that it would suit me very well. And so it was kind of funny to like have that in quarantine and be like, this is what I've been waiting for. And as soon as I had it, I was like, wait, I kind of do need some change in my yeah. like everyday life. Like so, it's dry. Just that I found interesting. It's dry as sandpaper, baby. It can be. It's uh yeah. And <laughs> like for certain like I think it would be better for me if it was like 
if I have sort of a routine, but then it was flexible in the way of like, I wake up and I do some type of activity before Mm -hmm. work or before school, instead of being like, I'll do yoga every single morning. As soon as I wake up, I either walk, work out or yoga. And I think that would keep it more flexible and it would keep me doing what I feel like I want to do in that moment, as opposed to like planning everything out to the minute. Anyway, that was something that you just got me off on a tangent because I've been thinking about that kind of a lot, actually, with like my semester being so... (laughs) pretty in a route like I can get into a really good routine because I'm not really going to be going anywhere and doing a ton of stuff except to the elementary mm-hmm. school so true yeah anyway good tangent good yeah. tangent brother <laughs> thanks <About it. laughs> um what times have you been working how's work going um work's going fine nothing super different about it um I've started taking some more customer calls which is it's nice it like adds a little spice to the day it's also very it ramps up some anxiety in me a bit, but it's not bad. It is not bad. Um, yeah, it's going pretty much the same. I don't know what to say much more than that. Don't have any stories. <laughs> I know the first week your schedule was very like eight to 12. Yeah. Has it been the same? It's been, or has it been changing? It's been changing a bit. And I think it's going to keep kind of changing based on just like traffic to the website. So honestly have no idea. That's yeah. why I have the flex title in my position. I'm a flex gotcha. rep. Peace sign. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I definitely want to stay working with them. They're chill and it's chill and I'm happy to do it. Apart from- How do you- f- Oh, what? No, you're fine. What? Oh, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if you think that you would prefer having like a, the same schedule every week or if it's kind of interesting and like just keeps it spicy to have <laughs> different times that you work every day. Honestly, I don't really care, especially since it's not like, I don't know. I have nothing else to do. It's not super impacting. Yeah, it's not affecting yeah. my life at all to be just waiting to hear from week to week. Yeah, I don't really have a preference. Yeah. Like, part of me is like, yeah, it'd be nice to know a little bit. Or at yeah. least know, like, what the future will look like with this. Um, if it's going to stay this way or not for a while. But yeah, also, that's true. a part of me is like, who cares? And don't worry about it. So I'm going to just listen to that part of me more than the other part and just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Sounds like it's sounds like it's going well. Yeah, it is. Gotten more used to it. Definitely. I'm really good at answering good. people's messages now, I think. <laughs> Personally. Um, but Lindsay, I am so boring. Please do tell me about how school is going, how you're adjusting dish. Yeah. Dish, so... dish, dish. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I don't I think um <laughs> <laughs> So it's been fine. I think the hardest thing is just the fact that all my classes are online for two weeks mm-hmm. It's and they're all three hours. So I totally understand why they do it that way. And it is kind of nice to like only have my one class once a week mm-hmm. or like each of my classes once a week. Right. But it's just hard to be, it's hard to be on Zoom for that long. Yeah. And I'm grateful because we have like 28 people in my program and now we're split again into two groups but they're different groups than it was in the summer Mm -hmm. so I'm with six of the people that I knew really well and got close with over the summer and then seven or eight people from the other Mm -hmm. group and so it's interesting seeing a new group of faces on zoom every day so that's been kind of interesting 
but it's just a lot. And like my cohort, thankfully, we only have two classes every Wednesday. So we have two three-hour periods. We have to be on Zoom. But the other group, they have a schedule where they have three classes on Wednesday. So they have nine hours of Zoom class every Wednesday. And I truly could not imagine. Like, even six hours was hard, and my first class was cut super short. So, like, oh, my goodness. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that I only have six hours because it's it's manageable. So, yeah, I mean, general breakdown of my week is I'll have, if I say placement, that means I'm in the elementary school working with the preschool class. I have Mm -hmm. placement on Mondays and then I have Mondays all day. And then I have placement Tuesday morning until about noon. And then I'll have Zoom class Tuesday afternoon. And then I have two classes on Wednesday, one in the morning and one in the evening. And then Thursday, I'll be in my placement again in the morning and class in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then same thing for Friday, morning placement, class in the afternoon. And then I'm taking a science class, math, reading, social studies. And then we have a seminar class, which is more about licensure and all those requirements that we have to fulfill. So they just, <laughs> I just said fulfill really weird. Fulfill. So they... So they'll just like make sure we're on track for that and give us all the paperwork and we have to put together a, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) We have to put together a portfolio. So in my program, normally master's programs have theses or you have to write a thesis. That's like a really long paper or whatever. Yes. So we don't have to do that in our program. We just have to make a portfolio. So it's basically anytime I work with a kid or do a small reading group or a math group or teach the class or anything that I do or Mm -hmm. lessons that I prepare, I have to put in that portfolio to prove to the Virginia Department of Education that I know how to teach and I can get my teaching license. So yeah, that class is really about making sure all of that is put in place because there's just a lot of requirements you have to thing, you have to, (laughs) a lot of requirements that you have to, (laughs) I don't know, check off, I guess, or complete in order to get your license. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a busy semester. I'm kind of chilling for now because We have about 15 hours of class every week. I have five three-hour classes, and then I'm going to be in the schools for, like, 17 to 18 hours. Mm -hmm. So for now, I'm not in the schools yet because we have a two-week quarantine period before we can go into the elementary schools. So I have, like, 15 to 20 free hours right now that I won't have in a couple weeks when I start going into schools. So it's it's a nice, chill start to the semester because I oftentimes get very overwhelmed at the very beginning. And I was just talking to our dad, and he said it's this thing called syllabus shock where you look at the syllabus and you're like, oh, my goodness, there's so many things to do. And it's just like you get really overwhelmed. And so normally I have that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to do. But this semester, it's kind of like a really slow ease into it because, first of all, I was doing classes all summer. So I'm kind of already in that mindset. I had like a week and a half break or a couple weeks break, but like I I didn't really revert to like not being in school at all. So mm-hmm. that was actually kind of nice because I came into the semester like ready for it and I wasn't like super out of the zone, like out of the school mindset. So yeah, that's been good that I kind of already was used to that and already used to zoom classes because I did them in the summer so it's been it's been a good start class-wise I feel like I'm on top of it so far and getting stuff done when I need to solid so that's good yeah that's good nice yeah so (laughs) that's my five minute introduction to all my classes hey I mean I asked didn't I yeah. Oh, and when I say like science, social studies, reading, I'm it's classes about teaching methods for those subjects. Ah. I'm not like learning about math. I'm learning how to teach mm. math. And same with social studies, science, and reading. That so. makes sense. 
Do you have a class that you're most excited for? Um, yeah, definitely math. <laughs> Nerd. Because I like because <laughs> I like math the best, and I'm so excited to teach it. And also, just with Zoom class, it can get very like your eyes glaze over. You're not focusing. You don't know what's happening. Yeah. But with our math class that we had, that I've had all my class. I've had one week of all my classes so far. Mm-hmm. So I've gone to every class that I will do and my favorite one was math I think because we just like did activities like he's trying to expose us to all these different online learning tools and they're really cool there's one called Jamboard that's like a whiteboard on Google Docs and you can like (laughs) move stuff around and you can give all the students access so we colored in like apples to represent ourselves so if you were like born in Virginia you would color it red if you were not born in Virginia you'd color it green and then there was the stem color, the leaf color, and there was a worm in it. And so then we, like, organized them in little graphs. And we, like, clicked on our apple and, like, dragged it around the little whiteboard thing mm-hmm. to, like, put it in a different place. And it was just cool. It was a lot more interactive than some of the other classes that I've done. So that was fun. And I'm just really excited to see what else we learn about. Because I read that that's the work that I did today was the reading the textbook chapter for math and I don't know, just really cool stuff. It's a kind of an old book. It's like 20 years old, mm-hmm. but just about how you have to approach math with a positive mindset. And that's something a lot of teachers and even students don't do. And so yeah. it's definitely something you have to learn and genuinely feel positive about it, which is something that's hard if you've had negative experiences. Uh-huh. But it just talked about, mm-hmm, it talked <laughs> about the root of negative experiences and why you have a negative disposition towards math and just all these different things. And so... I'm just excited. I'm really glad that I'm getting into, like, the the importance of having a positive affect towards math and all those subjects rather than just how to teach it or learning all of the reasoning behind everything. Like, I think it's really important to understand how impactful it is to show enthusiasm for topics, and that will transfer over to your students, and then everyone will be excited about learning, and it'll just be a good Ideally. time. Ideally. really excited. <laughs> Ideally, everyone yeah. will be excited about learning. I'd be yeah. excited to learn with you, Lindsay. You're the only person <laughs> well, who can successfully teach me math. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. That means a yeah, lot. you're welcome. <laughs> oh, we started watching the Umbrella Academy. So Brianna and I actually watched the first episode of that a couple weeks ago back home. And then my roommate and I, Maddie, were trying to figure out something to watch. And so I mentioned Umbrella Academy and she's like, oh, yeah, like I've seen that. I'd be interested in watching or like seeing whatever, the title of the show. She hasn't seen the whole show. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've seen the first episode, but obviously I'll watch it again. So we watched the first episode last night. So I'm Dude. excited to keep up with that. I'll keep you guys updated. Haley and I are watching it. Oh, really? We started rewatching it like, well, yeah, I, I watched the first episode with her and we've been watching it. I think we're on episode like six. Oh my goodness. Well, you can't tell me anything that oh, happens. I won't. I won't. Okay. Also, mom wants to Maybe watch it Maybe we can discuss us. it. No, nice. Well, okay. We'll have a discussion about it maybe next week if we catch up because we'll be here. We'll be here all week, folks. (laughs) So we'll get a lot of watching done, hopefully, Mm -hmm. and then we can we can discuss it. We'll have to give everyone the spoilers or tell them spoil give (laughs) give the spoiler alerts. Sorry, so people can skip if they need to. (laughs) We'll just give everyone all the spoilers. It'll be perfect. Here, have some spoilers. You get a spoiler. Here, take them. Spoiler. Um. Oh my god, speaking of spoiled things. Wait, I had something I to got say. oh sorry. Say um it. just Vanya inspired me to get my viola from Dad's house. So now I have that and I'm gonna oh, practice. Really? 
Yeah. Or I'm going to say I'm going to practice and then I'm not really going to practice. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you know, speaking of like spoiling. That. Yes. Yeah. I, so I went to Aldi to grocery shop when I got down here and I got a bag of nectarines and I was so excited because it was like a pretty big bag. There was like nine or 10 of them in there and they were tiny boys, but it was like good, good size for me. Mm-hmm. And they, like half of them I had to throw away because they were spoiled. Mm-hmm. And, like, not, like, oh, no, they, like, have a rotten spot. Like, they were, like, moldy on the top and, like, through the little, like, nectarine butt crack, basically. And if I, like, cut into it, it was rotting from the inside out. So it was, like, brown from, like, the core almost to the outside. Yeah, it was disgusting. I don't know what happened. Was it like that when you bought them? And so I literally – I think so. But I'm not – I think they kind of, some of them like went bad because I would pick up one and it was fine and I would eat it. And then the next day I would go to pick up one. And I was like, oh, this one's bad. And so I didn't like look at all of them the very first I bought them. Uh-huh. The very first, as soon as I bought them. And so when I went back and noticed one was bad, I looked at all the rest of them and I had to throw away like a couple, but the rest were fine. And then the next couple days I would try one and it would be moldy again. Yikes. And so like, bad yeah, so I had to experience. throw away like half of them. I know. At least a few of them were good. I'm happy for that. I got to eat some with my oatmeal and my avocado toast. But I was just like, this is so frustrating. Like, Aldi produce, man. I expected better. Yeah. I was upset. That's a bummer. Yeah, I think Aldi produce is kind of hit or miss. I normally had good experiences with it, but every once in a Mm -hmm. while, you know, it's the price you pay. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to know. And, like, obviously certain things will be fine and some things just won't. And I think... Those types of fruits like peaches, nectarines, plums, pluots are just very temperamental. Like they'll go bad like so fast. Yeah. So you just have to really keep an eye on it and make sure that it's not rotting in unexpected ways. True. Meanwhile, apples will stay good like forever. Apples are so resilient. Okay. Also, did mm-hmm. you hear about the peach recall from Wegmans? No. Peaches got recalled from Wegmans apparently because they were exposed to salmonella so but we would already be sick right oh yeah i think so okay cool. i also don't think that <laughs> we went to wegmans that was the only place we ever went over the summer and we got peaches like every time because i'm obsessed with peaches yes but i don't know if they were the ones specifically that they were talking about but Haley got a call from wegmans that mentioned it so yeah so we oh had gosh. one left so we chucked it in the woods and yeah Yikes. yeah okay something else i want to say have you seen the movie Contagion? Yeah. Oh, I watched it the other day with Maddie. She made me watch it. And it's crazy. Have you seen it since Corona? Uh, no, I think I watched it in school, actually, in high school. Oh, my goodness. It makes you rethink everything. It's so crazy. They're talking... The, like, disease in that movie came from bats, too. Bro, what? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it, honestly. Isn't, like, Mark Ruffalo in it? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Oh, Maybe. okay. <laughs> Truly, I don't remember I don't anything about it. Yeah, it's crazy. If you watch it again, you'll, like, lose your mind over, like, how similar they are. I can't think of all the similarities now, but... Yikes. I mean, the only good thing is that one infected and killed, like, 25 million people or something. <laughs> yeah, so we're not there yet. Thank goodness. Oh. But... Goals, am yeah, I right? Yeah, one. Yeah, super goals. I think that it's time that we talk about today's topic. What's today's topic, Lindsay? Which... Are we doing it? Yeah, let's do it. Full send. Okay. We're going to full send, I suppose. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about apologies. So when we say apologies, I think I want to 
sort of just rein it in and say, I'm talking about when people over-apologize or apologize for things that don't need apologies. <laughs> I'm not talking about when you wrong someone and you genuinely apologize to repair your friendship or relationship. I'm talking about, I feel like a lot of people myself included, apologize for everything, either just to make up or keep the peace or to not appear rude mm-hmm. when apologies aren't really necessary. So they sure ain't. Yeah. They sure ain't. I don't know. That's kind of just, that's just where I wanted to start off because I think especially now and especially as women, it seems like it's our responsibility to take the blame or assume responsibility for things that aren't our fault. Yep. Yup. So, sorry. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why we say it. Um, and why it's bad. Okay. It's bad to say sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> All you, right, let's do it. Why did you give me this job? I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I want you to talk more. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, I've talked about this before. I don't have that much to say about it, but we apologize a lot for stupid things, like how we feel and for when we think we say something stupid or like I was even just going through my tweets and I typed in the keyword sorry and like a lot of times it is joking but even in like just a colloquial joking way we say sorry a lot we're like oh sorry but blah 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 you know and it's like oh that's a joke but I think that it really does permeate the idea that like we should be sorry about when we say something funny or when we say something like that we consider stupid I say dumb stuff all the time and I I feel like I have to apologize for it because I'm so embarrassed yeah I also think that sorry this is kind of a different thought so we can come back to what you're saying but I think it becomes almost meaningless because we say it so much. Oh, for sure. And in the way of, like, when something actually does happen that you need to apologize for, you say, I'm sorry, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And people are like, okay, whatever. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And you see that so much, like, in movies and stuff, where people are like, I'm so sorry I did this to you. And they're like, well, sorry doesn't mean anything now. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's almost two extremes. Yeah. Like, we say it so much that, we're like apologizing for too many things and so it like it carries a lot of meaning and we say it and are apologizing for too much but then in the same way it doesn't carry any meaning because of that yeah (laughs) like when you say it in a serious sense so yeah I think it's just hard and I think that we do apologize a lot for things that don't need to be apologized for like we this happened a lot of times in my summer classes Um, because my teachers are educators and understand the importance of respecting every question that's asked. Mm. We, a lot of times say there's no stupid questions because you've, (laughs) almost everyone has asked a question or thought a question and decided not to ask it because it was stupid or asked it and then felt stupid or someone called them stupid or it was regarded as stupid. And I think that's ridiculous because that just makes people not want to ask questions when people regard questions as stupid or are like, oh, you didn't know that? That's embarrassing. Like, that just makes everyone not want to ask questions and then no one learns anything. And so that happened a lot in our summer classes, especially with our requirements, which can be confusing, is people would 
say, sorry, this is probably a stupid question, but, and then our professors would always jump in and be like, no stupid questions, don't apologize. And we constantly were asking questions and apologizing. Mm -hmm. Almost every person before they asked a question that they didn't deem important was, sorry for asking this. And my professors would always clap back and be like, don't apologize for asking questions. That's how you learn. And it's just interesting. Granted, the demographic of my class was 100% female. My instructor was female. And so I think it's definitely a societal thing, too, that we feel like we need to apologize for our presence. Mm. Like we're taking space. We're trying to learn. We're apologizing for being curious and for wanting to know more Mm. and for feeling like we're taking up someone's time. I think that's the biggest thing because... I really second guess myself before I ask a question. I'm like, I assess the value of the question. I'm like, is this question worth the 12 seconds that it'll take my professor to answer it? Is it going to be helpful for anyone but myself? Like, if it's just going to be helpful for me, why am I going to waste someone else's time? And I think that's a very, that's a perspective that has been passed on to me just by society and like cultural norms of the fact that you don't, not necessarily feeling like you belong or that you deserve to be somewhere or that your presence matters. Come on, girl, preach. And so just like general reminder that don't don't be sorry for so many things. Like I know it's hard, but if you immediately respond with I'm sorry, someone would be like, yeah, take the blame. That's your fault. Like maybe not actually, but like it kind of just internalizes <laughs> I hope no those one messages. Says that to you. No. <laughs> Honestly, maybe you say it to yourself. Mm, like true. every time you say, "Oh, sorry for whatever it may be." you internalize the idea that you have done something wrong and therefore you are required to apologize for that. And so it kind of just internalizes these messages of like, oh, I've done something wrong. I am the one to be blamed. I don't belong here. I messed up. I made a mistake. And those are really harsh messages to internalize and something you might not even recognize that you're doing. And so I think it's really, really important to say sorry less and really be careful about your word choice. Mm. And I know some people might be like, well, that's stupid. Like, it doesn't matter. Saying sorry doesn't necessarily mean all those things. And that's true. Not all the time, but sometimes. And I definitely feel like that is something that happens a lot that's not necessarily recognized. So I just think it's important to recognize it and like anything, just reflect on your own use of that language. Okay, I have... Or if you... Oh, oh, sorry. Go. No, you're good. Um, This is kind of going a different way, but I've been thinking also about the way I respond when people say sorry to me, when it is genuine and when it is, like, called for. Not, Not like they've done me wrong, but that they are just expressing that, like, they're sorry for what I'm going through. And I have no idea what to say a lot of the time. And I think that we're not really taught how to respond to, like, sincere... Um, like sympathy and empathy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're taught so much to say it's okay when yeah. people apologize for things, and I've been real. I've been really trying not to say that because it's not okay when I am upset <laughs> about something. Yes. And when someone is trying to like just express that you know that sucks and I'm sorry, I don't want to say it's okay. I want to. So I've been trying to say, like, thank you, but it feels so wrong. It feels so wrong to thank someone for apologizing to me. Um, I don't know. I haven't really been, like, verbalizing this, but it's been happening a lot lately. So. No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's very, again, that cultural response of, like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fine. Like, no worries. Trying to keep the peace. Yeah. Like, almost feeling guilty that someone else 
would have sympathy for you. Like, no, don't, don't use your emotions to like, give me support. No, no, no. Don't do that. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I agree with you. It's very hard to come up with a response that's not invalidating your own emotions and feelings because we do that a lot in our culture. Just people saying, oh, sorry, sorry, your grandma passed away. Oh, that's okay. I'm okay. No, you're not. It's okay that you're not. No. And like telling someone that, asking people how they're doing and being honest with how you respond. I know that it can be hard to be vulnerable and I completely understand that. So I'm not expecting every person that I ask, how are you to give me their life story and tell me how they're feeling? Cause right. I know that's hard, Right. but just trying to be more honest with ourselves and being like, that's ah, okay. And I don't know. I just think it's hard to, cause <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to wear this. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean and I completely agree. It's hard to know how to respond in those types of situations because, again, like you're saying, we're not taught to do that. We're taught to just keep the peace. It's okay. Thanks for your support. And, I mean, yes, genuinely, thank you for your support. I think that's something I do a lot is thank you so much for your support. Like, Mm. And when people say, I'm here if you need me, I think that's the most impactful thing for me personally. Because them being sorry for my loss, I could say, oh, sorry for your loss, and then turn around and walk away and never speak to you again. It doesn't mean anything. But for me, it's really meaningful. And people are like, hey, I heard what happened. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. If you need anything, please reach out. That is what's most meaningful to me because I know someone's there. And I know that I don't have to respond and be grateful for their sympathy or thank them or apologize or be like, it's okay. Like, I just know that they're there if I need them. And that's the most meaningful thing personally. It's also not assuming what you need. And I think that's another important thing because, like, what I need is very different than what you need emotionally. Yeah. And yeah. when someone recognizes that and gives you the freedom to, like, express what you need, even if you don't quite know, like, that freedom yeah. is really valuable to me. So. I agree. And I think both of us right now, if this isn't resonating with you, our grandma passed away in March, so I think, or in February. So I think both of us are kind of speaking on that type of situation, yeah. which is not necessarily applicable to everyone. So that's where my mind is at right now. So this might be completely not relevant to another situation where someone apologizes for something, but that's just what we're talking about. So I just wanted to clear that up because I feel like we both knew that, but not everyone listening might know that. So yeah. Yeah, it's just got me thinking I kind of wish that there was a different way of expressing um, sympathy for someone's grief other than I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. I wish that there was oh, something sorry. more encompassing. Because even... I just said sorry. You did? <laughs> I almost... I literally went to interrupt you and then I said, oh, sorry. Oh, my Continue. gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> no, but I would do the same um, thing. Yeah. But the thing I was going to say, I may have interrupted you if you were in the middle of thought. I'm but fine. Um, I look at sorry as an apology for a mistake Mm. or an action that you think has negatively impacted them in some way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sorry for your loss is just weird to me because of my interpretation of the word sorry is that it's blame Mm. or fault. Mm. And it's not your fault. My grandma passed away. I appreciate the sentiment, but that's how I view apologies. So maybe my apology view is too narrow, but I think using different language to express different feelings is a lot more important than we give credit to. Yeah. So, oh, my bad. That's a lot less intense than my apologies or I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then again, like, I'm sorry for your loss is, 
I don't know. I mean, this is like a language thing. It just kind of depends how you use it. And I feel like when you say those types of things, people know what you mean. So it's not really that deep. But it could just be like, hey, I heard what happened. Like, I'm here for you. My condolences. Like, I feel like that is very different than being like, I'm sorry. Which, again, that's just like (laughs) dissecting the word itself, which I know has more meaning than just the definition of the word. But anyway, I just think that's interesting because I've never really thought of the variety and how broad the one word sorry is. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really think about it either until very recently, obviously. Yeah. It's weird. So, yeah, I'm going to shift gears like just a smidge. I'm going to talk about an Instagram post that I saw. And there's a lot of really cool Instagram posts out there, in my opinion, that are like motivational, informational, or just, I don't know, help you understand new, new things. So this one is by the underscore female underscore lead. And it says how to stop saying sorry, and then in parentheses, when you don't really need to. So Mm -hmm. again, how to stop saying sorry when it's not necessary and it's not required of the situation. So one of their tips is say thank you instead. For example, thank you for waiting for me instead of sorry I'm late. So I think that one's really cool, flipping it and adding the gratitude. Um, Thank you for being understanding instead of sorry I said something wrong or sorry I made a mistake. Yeah. Um, pause, pause and reflect in silence before saying anything. I think we are very quick to respond in today's society. I don't know if it's a societal thing, but just someone says something, we think we immediately have to respond. Give it a second. Like, take a moment to think about what you really want to say and what you really mean when you respond. Mm. So another thing that you can do is ask yourself if you personally did anything wrong or reflect on why you feel guilt slash why you feel the need to say sorry. And when you stop over-apologizing, you can get better at expressing your real thoughts and also boost your confidence. So I think this is really important because if we're apologizing for everything we do, you're not going to be, you're going to be internalizing those messages that you're at fault and you feel guilty for those things. So when you stop over-apologizing, you will better express your real thoughts or why, instead of just admitting guilt, you can express why you feel the need to admit guilt, you know? Maybe yeah. you you and a friend are in a, a fight and instead of saying sorry, you tell them what you're feeling. And I think I especially am really quick to just apologize because I value my friendship so much. And if we have a problem, I really just want it to be done. It gives me a lot of anxiety. I get really stressed about it. So yeah. I immediately will just apologize even if I don't feel like I'm at fault because I oftentimes understand where they're coming from. And so I just realize it's not really a big deal for us to continue fighting. So I just want to clean things up. And so I apologize and they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then we're friends again. Instead of actually diving into what happened and why they were upset or why I was upset. Mm-hmm. And so then we don't really build our friendship or create a firmer foundation for our yeah. relationship because I just glazed over the problem with an apology. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that post was really interesting because it just gives you more insight, I feel like, into the importance of not apologizing because it just suppresses your real feelings. And, yeah, yeah, it's just – it's a word that holds a lot of meaning if you give it a lot of meaning. So I think Mm -hmm. it's important that we are more mindful of when we're using the word and when we're truly apologizing when we feel that an apology is necessary. This is not to say that you should never apologize if you do something wrong. If you do something wrong, you make a mistake, that's human, that's awesome, learn from it. But in that case, yeah, apologize. Tell someone that you are sorry you hurt their feelings or made a mistake. But 
don't apologize for every little thing or don't apologize just to avoid having a hard conversation. That's Mm. something that happens a lot, I feel like. I think that's so interesting to think about and makes a lot of sense because growing up where we grew up, there's not a lot of talk about emotional literacy and like actually looking inside yourself at what is causing these emotions and how can I like use them and how can I be honest about them and I really like that that article is saying like if even if you catch yourself apologizing for something like dig deeper and be like wait why do I feel the need to apologize for this like what's going on there and you might find that it's something really deeply rooted that you didn't even realize and Mm -hmm. that can be a good thing to like remember and focus on and try to avoid for sure yeah I think again like the first step to change is just becoming aware of what's happening and not necessarily, it's not necessarily a problem, but just becoming aware of the fact that you're doing it will help you progress and shift your mindset a little bit. So yeah, just some food for thought about apologies. Not a sermon, just a thought. (laughs) I love that phrase. This one, this one was fun. I didn't think I had this much to say, but I'm glad that we just kept going. Yeah. But I never thought about the uh, sorry for your loss aspect of it, but that was cool to process. I've like haven't vocalized that at all, but I've been feeling it yeah. for a long time. Like how weird it yeah. is to respond to that. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Well, as always with anything we say, this is not the law. This is not one true factual rule. Everyone's experiences no, no. with these situations are going to be different and that is totally fine. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. Maybe you totally felt some of the things we said and some of it you were like, no, I don't agree. That's totally fine. Feel free to have different views. That's awesome. Feel we that just way, want to baby girl. We just want to bring new new perspectives and have you maybe look at some of the things you're doing maybe and I'm going to definitely look at the way I say sorry more Me often too. and yeah, just become more mindful about it in general. I think that's important mindfulness Mm, i love that trigger (laughs) word (laughs) no it's good anyway anyway well thank you so much for joining us i don't think we have any extra images to post maybe i'll post that um graphic i'll screenshot it and post it Mm. on our instagram page so you can reference the account or that's good any other necessary information but i think that you should follow us on instagram at gone with the windies i think so too I think so. Give our podcast a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app. For sure. And stop saying sorry so much. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Stop it. Um, well, um, I think that's it. That's all. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful month. And I hope you are happily gone, gone with, with the, the Windies. windies.